Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. Hi guys, thanks for coming out. Thanks for coming out and eavesdropping on this intimate personal conversation that we're about to have. Um, this podcast, I, I'm sh well, you, I mean, Jesus, who would come here if you didn't know what it was? But, does anybody not know what this podcast is? This guy here. Well, I'll tell you what it is. It's called The Three Questions, and the three questions are always the same. They're where do you come from, where are you going, and what have you learned? It's basically a way to trick people into doing a therapy session. Uh, I'm just trying to get some of the money back from all the money that I've poured into therapy for the last 25 years. I learned the language, I might as well use it. Um, but I, you know, when I, they, I, I, was, I have people have approached me to do a podcast for years and years, and I, you know, and I'll be asked to be on somewhere, it's like, let's talk about old cereals. Like breakfast cereals, I'm, I don't give a shit about old breakfast cereals. But where people come from and where they're going and what they've learned, that I care about. Uh, so that's what this podcast was just an excuse for me to talk to people I want to talk to about things that I want to talk about. And uh, the person I, I'm talking to today is an old dear friend of mine. Uh, we sort of came up together in Chicago in the improv scene there, doing drugs, hanging out. <laughs> And uh, she's a hilarious actress, comedian, uh, Rachel Dratch. Give it up for her. Ah, uh, yes. The hug from the people who've just spent the last 20 minutes chit-chatting backstage. <laughs> hi, Rach. You're going to need that. Hello. Yeah, yeah. Hello. Okay. Hi. Woo, hi. Hi. Okay. Hi, everyone. Thanks for so much for coming out this afternoon. I mean, missing the football game. It's almost. Still, is it? Is anyone watching it on their phone while they listen to us? Uh, well, hi, Rachel. I should hi. talk to you. Okay. Forget these people. Okay. Um, thank you so much for doing this. Sure. Uh, you're here, obviously. Have you done Sketchfest yes, before? Yes, I've come here many years in a row. I, yeah. I kind of lost track, but yeah, it's my annual pilgrimage here, yeah. Right. Just, mm -hmm. uh, is it to get away from your kid, basically? That, and um, yeah, and I have a couple of friends in the area, so I use it as a double excuse. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's a, no, and I, I have done this for years, too. It's a nice reason to come to this beautiful city. Yes. And, and hang out for a minute, yeah. Um, well, so you... You're getting you, comfortable. Hold on. Okay. Oh, okay, yeah. wow. Casual. It's like the Wendy Williams show or something. 
Um, My leg will fall asleep and then I'll change position. Okay. Yeah. So uh, let's start. You're, hey. you're from you're from uh, you're from New England, yeah. I am from Massachusetts. From Massachusetts. Yes. Woo! Um. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> elaborate. What kind of town? Yeah. Okay, I'm from Lexington, yeah, Mass. If I ask you a question, it's helpful okay, if you okay. actually expand. I'm from Lexington, a bit. Mass, which is uh, where the Revolutionary War began. For what? History buffs. Yes. Really? Historical town. Yes. Wow. Um. And let's see. Okay. Yeah, that's where I'm from. I have a lot of um, friends that are still there that I, I go back a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Is your fa- is your family from there originally? Like, um. Yeah. Well, my dad was from Boston, and my mom's from like you know, Westchester, and they met in Boston, and that's where, yeah, that's where the whole Dratch clan is in the Boston area, yeah. And what did they do? Um, well, my dad was a radiologist, uh-huh. and my mom was like, what are this? Like, I don't know, master in urban affairs, you know, professionals. And, um, but my dad was very, very funny, too. Yeah. So, um, like, he, you know, he was like, comedian caliber funny, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he was definitely a big influence. And then I also had like this group of my all my girlfriends. They were also really funny too. So I just had like a lot of funny around yeah. growing up. Yeah. And are you uh, an only child? No, yeah, I have a younger brother. A younger brother. Dan, right, yeah. right. He's a comedy writer. Too. Oh, he is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, really? What's yeah. he do? Um, he's written on a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, he's in LA. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um. So is it? I mean, it's it's nice to have a, a household where being funny there's a priority put on it. Is that, yeah, I mean, multi, so is that just your dad? or I, I mean, mean, is your yeah. mom like a real boring was, turd? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, she, I think she doesn't like it when I was like, my dad was funny, because she wanted to be like, I'm funny too. But my dad was like the extreme funny. Yeah. But it wasn't like we were like, well, let's make up sketches at home. Like It wasn't like that. It wasn't right. like we all knew, like my brother and I were going to go into comedy. It wasn't like it was just you know regular <laughs> atmosphere, I'd yeah. say. But then, um, yeah, that was sort of valued. And then on top of that, he was funny. Like they were, my parents were also into watching comedy. So like I watched SNL when I was, you know, in third grade, I think, of the first cast. Yeah. Um, so I got kind of into that too. Like they had, they were, they'd always watch like Carol Burnett and laughing and everything. So it was always kind of like high value on that. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's nice, too, because I think, I think, well, I mean, it's changing now, but there was, you know, little girls for years were not really encouraged to be funny. Right, Like, right. little girls aren't supposed to be the class yeah. clown. So, I mean, all, like I say, it is does seem to be changing. You yeah, know? but I think, yeah, just watching, you know, Lily Tomlin and Carol Burnett and, you know, the first cast of SNL and everything, like, it never occurred to me that girls weren't we shouldn't be funny or whatever. Right. But I know what you mean. Like, in school and everything, it's like the boy class clown yeah, falling back yeah. in his chair, and girls were supposed to, like, laugh at that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was... Uh, yeah, I was... I just always thought girls could be funny. And then, like I said, I had funny, funny friends. Yeah. So... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what kind of kid were you? I mean, did, were well, you a was, funny in school? I was super or? shy. No, I was super shy when I was little. Yeah. And then... Yeah, I wasn't. And then my, like maybe like junior high, high school. Then I became sort of like class clown esque, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Like piping up little quips from the back, kind of thing. Uh huh. Um, and then I was also really into theater, like just you know school plays and stuff. So that was sort right. of a combo of like theater and and yeah, disrupting class and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Was it was being funny sort of like a way to get out of being shy? Do you think? Ooh, you're going deep, Barbara well, Walters. Um, let's see. 
Um, jeez, I don't know. I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Come on. What, what? This, is your, this is supposed to be about your journey of discovery at Cobb's Comedy Club. All right. Um, yeah, I don't so, know. So, so theater kid then. Um, what 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 kind of plays did you do in school? Oh, um, let's. Well, I went to summer theater camp. Oh, yeah. But, where? But, but which I, but one? Let me just, it was just this little like rinky dink thing in the next town over. Yeah. But like, I never was like, I'm the lead in everything. I was like, you know, no lines in the play. Like, I was that. Yeah, so I yeah. had many many experiences of that on the way up. Like, like it wasn't wasn't like you're destined to be an actor. It was just like. You know, oh, you're this is around. fun. Yeah, you're around. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and but then like, um, yeah, then I got like a few, <laughs> got a few good parts in high school. Guys, we're really going back to, <laughs> going back to the really intriguing things. Um, yeah, and then I was sort of, I was, but I wasn't someone who was like, I'm gonna be an actor. I was just sort of like, oh, this is fun. Like that would be cool, but it wasn't like, you know, you're gonna do this. Yeah. So. Then, um, yeah, then I, I went to college and I was in an improv group there and that's where like, pop, that's where like it all, that's where I was like, okay, I'm gonna, Mimosas. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try this, but I'm just gonna like give it a shot just so I know I gave it a shot yeah. and then I can go back to Boston and become a therapist, which was the other thing that oh, I wanted really? to do. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I wanted to be a therapist. And okay. I still do sometimes. Yeah, like, I, I, like I actually sometimes I know, do too. I heard yeah, you yeah, say yeah. That. Like I really like like hearing my friends' issues and then be like, "Well, have you thought that maybe it's because of this?" And then when they're like, "Yeah," then I'm like, it just gives me a little charge. <laughs> it's like my amateur. I have an amateur practice on the side. Yeah, with yeah. With friends, and that like I love that stuff. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, no, and I mean, and it's so useful. It's such a you know, my 14 year old daughter talks about how she'd like to be a therapist. And I, it's, I feel so proud about that because it's such a, you know, so, like, <laughs> like at being at 14 and being like, I'm interested in promoting mental health. Like is a pretty cool yeah. thing for a teenager. Admirable, to yeah. Do. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, and she's also like, and I, you know, it's also just, I think if you're naturally intuitive and you want to, you know, you want to talk to people about stuff. That's and you good. want to hear all their secrets. Right, exactly. Well, there's, there, that used that's to be a the, part of it. Now that's the part it's, of it. it's about professionalism. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, as you get older, the secrets get, oh, they get exhausting. Yeah. You know, that's when true. you're young, secrets are yeah. delicious. And when you're old, it's like, I don't want to know. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. Well, um, what kind of therapist were you going to be? Oh, just like a regular one, you just know. Just a regular like one. Like a regular, like. Not like, yeah. Not, yeah. Not like solving murders and stuff. No, yeah, no. Yeah. But Dealing actually, when I moved killers. to Chicago, I did, like, I was still really torn. So I moved to Chicago, and so, so I was in this improv group, and then one summer we went to um, Chicago, because one of the guys was from there, and we checked out Second City and Improv Olympic. Oh, just, for, just to go and see it. Yeah, cause, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and then I was like, okay, I'm going to try to move here after college yeah. and give it a shot. But when I, but so I did, and so, okay, so I, I auditioned for classes there, which I heard were really easy to get in, and everyone gets into the class there. At Second City? At Second City, yeah. and then I didn't get into the class. And, <laughs> and I moved there with, with a friend who was in my same improv group, and she got in, and I did. I remember, like, I got the call, you know, well, whatever. She got the call, she got in, and I, like, still hadn't gotten a call. And then, I, so I was just like, oh, my God, what have I done? Like, it was one of those things where, you know, you put everything in your car, and you drove out together. And, and then, I, then I was immediately, like, dreams shattered, you know? Yeah. But, um, but so that was just, like, one of many, you know, of those, like, sure, sure. hurdles, whatever. Yeah. But so then I, you know, stuck it out, and I'm like, you know, I 
gotten a little play, and you know, there's so many little plays you could get into mm -hmm. in Chicago. So, um, anyway, what was my whole thing about this? About this? Oh, so then I was still like, well, maybe I'll still become a therapist, you know? So I, I even worked at a, a mental health. Well, I don't know what you call it. I was gonna call it a mental hospital. It's probably not PC though. But I worked in like a, a in mental Evans health facility. Mental health facility. Thank yeah. you. Um, yeah, doing activities and stuff with oh, the wow. patients. So yeah, was that was your job when you came? That was one of my jobs. One right? of your yeah, jobs. Yeah. What were um, some of the other ones? Oh, you, you know, like started? I worked at California Pizza Kitchen yeah. as the bar back because I couldn't cut it as a waitress. Uh, <laughs> Why not? I don't know. They just wouldn't like. I, they gave me they one shot. Let you? They gave me one shot. They're like, get back behind the bar. Yeah. Um, I couldn't carry a lot of plates on my arm for one thing. But well, yeah. I was probably also slow. I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, that was one of my jobs, and then a lot of temping and la la la. But then eventually. I I got into the touring company at Second City. At Second but that City. But that took like three years. Oh, and I did Real Live Brady Bunch you right did. before that. Yeah. Yeah, not my, I don't know when I quite met you, but but, uh, but I met you like Improv Olympic, I don't know, somewhere like right at the beginning. Yeah, like absolutely. Like age 24 yeah, or something like that. You were, that. yeah, you were an Improv Olympic and, and you and Kevin Dorf were dating at the yes, time. Yes, we were, that, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's how, Kevin Dorf is an improviser. Yes. Comedian. Um, and so, yeah, that was, uh, I just remember like the that. The early that 90s. First time. Yeah, 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 yeah. The early yeah. 90s, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, and how, had you gone back to audition for, had you been through the classes at Second City? Yeah, so I did the classes, and then I auditioned for Touring Company. Didn't get it the first time. I, I, called, I wrote this book, I don't know if you knew I wrote a book, but I wrote this book, and I called myself in the book, Two-Time Dratch, because it always took two times for you to, to get, get anything. anything. So yeah, like I auditioned for Torco, and then eventually I got that too, but yeah. But yeah. Um, so I toured for like two and a half years. Tell people, what, tell people what that's like. So I never did that. Okay, so, so when Second you get City. hired at Second City, you, um, and back then, like Second City, well there's the Groundlings in LA, and then there was Second City. And like now there's a whole improv scene in New York, but back then there wasn't really much of one. So like everyone came from all over the country to Chicago yeah. to pursue this improv dream, you know? And um, so yeah, Second City Turco, like you're not out on the road for months and months. You like go like, let's do a show in Indiana and get in a van. Like for, so it was more like that, like a couple times a week or like that kind of thing. You pile into this van and go do shows and like, a town hall or like a college cafeteria sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And is it, I mean, does it feel like show business? Uh, yeah, because you're just so psyched that you're, oh my gosh, I'm in Second City. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm in this college cafeteria, but I'm like, Second City. So, um, and in a van. In, in a van, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, so and there's a lot of fun people, you know, that you're performing with and stuff. So, yeah, it was, still felt like showbiz. You made 65 bucks per show. Yeah. And so most people had another job, too. Yeah. Yeah, no, I remember, I remember that being like, at the time, because I, I never did Second City. I just did Improv Olympic, which you didn't get paid. In fact, you, you had to pay for classes, and because I had a pickup truck and used to carry things around for Sharna Helpern, who ran it, she eventually was like, well, I guess you're not gonna pay for classes anymore, are you? And I'm like, well, yeah, now that you use my pickup truck twice a week, no, I'm not going to pay for classes. But Second City was the place that you'd get paid, and I, yeah. and I do remember like, that there was a power to that, and I was like, and it was something, I don't, what does it end up being? Like, 600 bucks a week or something? Something like that back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you could totally live off that in Chicago. Right, at right. At the time, yeah. 
But yeah. yeah, but how could you have another job? Well, I no, mean, just when you were the tour co, the tour yeah, co, yeah. you could do whatever temping or whatever. But then once you get hired for a stage, then like that's kind of it, and you're all set. Right. Yeah. And yeah. did you? And you got on the, got the, on main, the main stage. stage yeah. did, the main stage right away, or did yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did uh, four shows there. Yeah. Yeah. How long had you been? How long had you been at uh, in Chicago at that point? Um. Well, by the time I don't know, like six years or something. By uh -huh. the time main stage, yeah. Something yeah. Like yeah. That. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, th yeah, I don't think I was there at that time. I think that when you got on main stage, I think I was already, already gone. Conan? Were you already there? No. When know. did When did you start on main 95, stage? 95. Yeah, yeah. Conan had been on yeah, for a couple like years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, that's got to still, you know, the, the shows in Second City, they're, they're written somewhat, but they're also improvised, yeah? Well, they're written, most of the, like, they're written and then you improvise afterwards every night, so you you'd get really good at improv because you're improvising every night, so you'd lose that fear, you know? And so yeah. you've just, like, after, I mean, the first year I was up there, I didn't feel so confident. But then after you've been up there a while, you just feel, you know, really comfortable. And so you get really good, I think. And yeah. you're playing with the best people, and so that was super fun. Yeah, but yeah. the shows themselves, like, you write, like, at SNL, you would sit at a computer and, like, you know, think of your idea and write it with someone on the computer. But, but at Second City, you'd have an idea or someone would shout out a suggestion, and then you would just be on your feet and put up a scene. And that's how we wrote all the scenes for there. And then, like, back then, they videotaped them, and mm -hmm. then you'd get the cassette and watch and how it went. Transcribe it, yeah. And then be like, oh, that part worked, that part didn't work, let's try this again. And like, that's how we would write the scenes. Yeah. yeah. And who, uh, was there anybody in, in, the, in that group now that people would know? Yes. There well, then spit it oh out. Oh my gosh, well, um, Tina Fey and I were in two shows together. Heard of her. Adam McKay was in my Heard first show. With, and uh, let's see, oh my God, I'm, oh, Scott Adsit, and um, I'm probably forgetting a bunch of people right now, but. But anyway, Stephanie Weir, yeah, a whole bunch of uh, really talented yes. people. Yeah, and yeah. when I was on the touring company, um, Amy Sedaris and Stephen Colbert and Steve Carell were all in the same cast together, and um, so yeah, you know, was, I could watch them and be like, oh my god, there's so yeah, it was yeah. An, it was a pretty amazing time. Yeah. And, and thinking back on all the people that just you know were yeah. in Chicago fucking around and you know hanging out and. Never, right. and I don't, I don't, I wasn't that aware of many people that had, like you said, like I'm going to be on SNL. Yeah, uh, you know, no I one never, really thought, like I think people got to town and they were like, that's my goal. But then you have to just kind of forget about that and like do whatever's in front of you at the right. time sort of thing. Right. So I didn't know anyone that was walking around saying that. I remember, I remember the, the first improv class I ever took was at Improv Olympic, uh, which, Del Close, who's like the guru of improv, that was his group, and Sharna Halpern ran it. And the first class I took, which I actually took with Kate Flannery from The Office, uh, and who's still a friend, but there was a kid in that class that I didn't find out until a couple classes in, had moved there from Arizona just because he was gonna, he wanted to be on SNL. And I went, I took the classes. That kid was Joe Piscopo. <laughs> No, he, he, I, no, he that wasn't. The timing was not right, yeah, yeah. but anyway. And he didn't, he never got on <laughs> oh, SNL. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, as far as, far as I know. Um, uh, he didn't. And, uh, but I, that always, that was so, like, almost kind of daunting to me because here I just was taking classes because they were local, you know? I mean, right. you moved there, to do, you know. Yeah. But not for SNL, just. 
What, I mean, what, I had, what was like, in your dream. mind? What well, was SNL, in your mind? SNL was this like crazy dream, like, oh my God, what if you ever got on SNL? But it wasn't, no one would have the, you know, be like, I'm gonna be on SNL. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, oh, oh, but you know, one thing though, I always think like, if any parents out there have kids that want to be actors, like, you know, you're always supposed to discourage them, right? But, <laughs> <laughs> but like everyone we know that stuck with it, I think is working in comedy, like for the most part. I think for the most like the part. percentage of like maybe they're writers or whatever, but but like I, th- I think the ratio of success is a lot higher than you hear about when you're like, what your kid wants to be an actor? It's a, like there is yeah, a way yeah. to do it, even right. though, Like if you don't get scared off by it, I'd right? Say, yeah. Well, and I also think, I mean, not to be a dick, but we're all good. You know what I mean? Like, we all knew each other because we were in the same circles because we knew what we were doing. And, and you know, and then we sort of... That's like, it's, there's like a magnetism to that, to like actually being able to do this And then thing. since we were all friends, like we all hung out together in this big kind of comedy fraternity sort of thing. So then like, you know, one person makes it and like brings up a few other people and then another person. Like, yeah, yeah. you like to work with those people. Right, so Then exactly. you all kind of like you know, bring each other up the ranks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because it's, yeah, that's the best. Well, and especially, like, the way I got the job on the Conan show was just because they, there was this guy's replacing Letterman, and Robert Smigel was, like, asking around who doesn't have a job, and I was one of the people that didn't have a job. <laughs> and, you know, it was, there wasn't a resume or anything. It was just, it was just I, Robert and I knew each other from hanging out and from, you know, drinking too much and driving around L.A. Uh, but, um, well, now, at what point does Second, or does Second City sort of start to, you start the SNL kind of opportunities start to happen? Well, okay, so when I just got on the main stage, like, cause SNL doesn't come through, like, every year they're going to come take somebody. Like, you never quite knew when, you know, like, whatever, Guffman. Lauren, Lauren <laughs> will show Mr. up. Mr. Guffman yeah, was going to yeah. be in the Yeah, so, um... So when I first got on main stage, like they came through and they they took like almost everyone but me and like a few other people to go audition. So <laughs> and so like like now in like their whatever in reality, like I was since I was kind of new up there, like I didn't have a lot of characters. Like I I wasn't really like you know I I wouldn't have taken me either. I guess is what I'm saying. But at the time I was like, oh I guess like this isn't gonna happen. You know, like you you it's kind of easy to like take that negative reinforcement and be like, well, that's who I am then, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, um, but then they, then I was in... You mean the continuation from just, you know, second time, like well, two-time kind of thing? Well, that yeah, saying, but or? like, it's, I mean, when you're like trying to be an actor, it's like sometimes if you're not like, you know, feeling fully confident, you could be like, okay, I guess I won't get beyond this, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, but um, but anyway, then I was there on the main stage for three years, and then they came back, and then that time I got to go audition, and um, but and then I didn't get it that time. <laughs> then I got to audition a year later, and then I yeah. got SNL. Yeah. What was that first audition like? What do you? Oh my gosh! You... It was like I mean, well, like I didn't get it that time, so I can still say it was like dream, like pinch me moment. Yeah. Because, um, first of all, they call you in at like whatever. They'll say show up at three or something. So you show and up. And you at- go. Or is this in Chicago or in New no, York? No, this is in New York. You're like on the stage, 
but you're so like high that you don't even like afterwards. I was like, oh, that was the stage where the person comes out and does the monologue. <laughs> but um, that's where you audition and everything. But um, so they'll call you and say like three o'clock. So you show up and you're like, okay, I'm ready. Like here's my stuff. I've gone through it like a million times. And then, but then you wait in this little room. Like they put you in a dressing room, and it's almost like a psychological test or something. And then like. You wait, like, I think I waited, like, two hours till I, I went. It's, he does that to everybody. Yeah. So, so then, like, I kept going through, and, like, sometimes, you know, I'd go through, and I felt like, yes, and then other times I'd go through my stuff in the little room, and I was like, oh. And so, like, I just, I was, like, the last one to go that time, and I feel like it just happened to be when I was, like, in a good spot on my little, like, waiting wave. And um, <laughs> so I did, my, I did my thing, and I felt really good about it. Like, and then, you know, as I said, I didn't get the job, but I, like, it felt good knowing, like, okay, I did the best I could. Like, it's not like I left, like, oh, I screwed that up. Like, so that was actually a, a good feeling, you know, to, to be like, well, I put it out there, and, yeah. yeah. What, how, what form does the, I never auditioned okay, so for the audition. SNL, so. so, I mean, I don't know if they've changed over the years, but maybe it's exactly the same, but you just go in, you do basically like three characters and three impressions. Or like if you're this amazing impressionist, you'd go and like do a ton of, you know, you can kind of like twist that around a little. Right. But um, yeah, so, and I wasn't really, I didn't have many impressions. I don't even remember what I did. I think I, I don't even remember what I did for that one. But um, I think back then, um, Ally McBeal was a big show and I, I did Callista Flockhart for that. <laughs> um, and um, then the characters... Oh my gosh! Well, I did do the Boston thing. Yeah, I think because I'd done that at Second City, and then two other things that like never even made it on the show. But then I didn't get it. And then the following year, I got to go back and oh, I'd done the show with Tina called Dratch and Faye that we had done this two-person sketch show. Yeah, and um, a written show or an improv show? A written show. show. Yeah, and uh, that was super fun. We did it in Chicago, and then we did it in New York. So. I think that sort of like kept me in the. Tina was already a writer there, uh-huh. and so that sort of kept me in the loop. Maybe I don't know. And oh, she t- was it during the summer or something? That, yeah, during yeah, the summer, yeah, yeah. You did the show. Yeah, that's great. So then I went back, and the, the when I went back, like I, you know, then I had already done like my A game, and you'd think like, well, couldn't you have thought up more characters during the year? But I guess <laughs> the answer is no. So, so then I had to like, <laughs> I did do like my second stringers, you know, like I, I was like, well, you saw the really good stuff last year, and like here's something, you know. So I didn't feel as good that time. Yeah. But then, oh, so then they're like, okay, they'll let you know by August 15th or whatever. So then August 15th comes and goes. I didn't get it. So, but that time I was like, yeah, like I was ready to you know, move on from this <laughs> dream. And so, but then I got a call like two weeks later on my answering machine, guys, because it was that year. <laughs> and, um, and then I got to go meet with Lauren. And um, the meeting was kind of mysterious. Like, you don't and this really is flying out every time, too, well, right? Well, yeah, but Getting I was on... in New York then. Oh, no, you wait, were? where was it? I don't know where I was. But anyways, yeah, yeah. yeah, but anyway, so I had this meeting. Lauren, like, you don't really know what this meeting is. Like, is this because I got this job, or is this, like, another round of interviews? And then, like, you just chat with Lauren. Now, I heard later it's so that he's making sure, like, you're not cuckoo. That's what I've heard. <laughs> like, he wants to make sure, like, you're not a wacky You're not too. crazy, But yeah. I'm not really sure what that meeting is. But then, then I got, you know, a calling. Then they're like, okay, they'll let you know by the end of this week, okay? So it's like the last minute of the last day of that week, whatever it was. And then, like, I got the call, you know, and that was probably, like, one of the coolest moments of my I life, bet. I would yeah, say, yeah. yeah. And is that, at, at any point during this, 
are your parents like worried that you're not gonna make a living at this, or are they are they pretty? Um, well, see, so the way that the I operated thing. in the whole acting thing, and I think maybe they just like took my lead on this, is I wasn't like I don't know anyone that was like I'm giving myself five years. Like, do you know anyone that really no. did that? Uh, well, it's I mean, I like, you hear about them, but I don't. Yeah, but they're not friends. Like, <laughs> 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 well, what the way I am, I think everyone else is like. How, depending on, like, if I made progress this year, then, like, I'm going to, like, stick with this, you know? Yeah. And I just realized I say the word like a lot, and it's going to be all over this, and this is being recorded. But anyway, That's all right. just, okay, know that I'm saying like a lot, okay? All right. So, <laughs> so, so um, yeah, if you're making any progress each year, then you stick with it. And so that's, what, that's how it kind of works. So, you know, the fact that I had already been in Second City, they were, you know, oh, she's you're an doing actor. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it wasn't. Like this has to happen. SNL right. has to happen. Yeah. Do you th were you? Did you? How much younger is your brother? He's three years younger. And did he? Did, did that sort of inspire him? You think to? Um. To no, because he wasn't really into performing, and he kind of came into the writing thing like sideways, sort of. Oh really? Like, yeah. So, um, I don't think I inspired him. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um. But yeah. Yeah. Now, what? It, how? How much time do you have between getting hired and? Now, did you live in New York when you got hired? Or? Um, well, I had moved to L.A. after Chicago. Yeah. And that was a... What do you mean after Chicago? Like, were, did so you I quit did, S or No, uh, yeah, so I Second left City? Second City. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to go out to L.A. And L.A. was just kind of like dead for me. I mean, I thought Second City was going to swing all these doors open, but yeah, yeah. it didn't happen like that. And so I wasn't really doing anything there. And that's when I went to go do the show with Tina after, you know, nine went months back in to L.A. Chicago? Yeah, or, yeah. yeah. But I was intending on staying in LA, but it wasn't really my thing yeah. at the time. So yeah. And uh, so, how long between getting hired and 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 starting? Oh, then work? you start. You know, whatever. Two weeks later. Oh You're wow. out there. Yeah. 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 And, and what's it like when you start? How do you know what to do? Do, oh my gosh. Does, well, is there you somebody don't. that sort of like No, you you're it's like a baby being thrown into the pool basically. Yeah. I mean, I was lucky cuz I knew Tina and Adam McKay. Yeah. Um so they kind of show you the ropes a little bit, but then at the same time everyone's doing their thing, you know, it's very intense there. And so yeah, I mean, you know, writing night you're, sometimes I remember just walking down the halls and you're hearing these cackles come out of various offices. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then you're like, oh, I don't have any ideas, you know? And um, so it can be, I mean, the, the most fun part of SNL was performing and the live aspect and it's the show you've watched since you're little. And, you know, just the iconic nature of it for me. But yeah. then the hardest part was the writing and thinking up characters because, you know, you might think, when you see characters like, oh, you just sit at a desk and then that just pops in your head. But that's, I mean, I don't know anyone that really works like that. Yeah. I mean, it's more like you're, whatever, you're walking down the street and you have this epiphany maybe once a year. <laughs> like a really good character. Yeah, I think yeah. that's how it works for me. And um, so I would kind of start to go through life, you know, oh, maybe that would make a good sketch. If something weird would happen, like, oh, like, write that down, you know? Yeah. But, but if you showed up for writing night with no ideas and you're just sitting there, you'd start to be like, so how about something about a chair? You know, you're looking around the room, <laughs> desperate, totally desperate. And then if you have, like, maybe sometimes, you know, you're not in the show much, right? And so then going into that writing week, then you feel more pressure. I gotta get something on the show. And then you're not in again. And then, and then it just builds up and then that's not good for comedy thinking, you know? Because it's just like a right, panic, right. white hot panic of must think of something. So. Yeah. 
And how do you, do you handle that stuff well? No. I mean, no. <laughs> no, I mean. Like I, if you're not in a show very much on Saturday, no. how much, like how many days does I mean, that I'm ruin I'm getting anxious you? just thinking about this. Yeah. Like I'm feeling a physical, but I mean, cause SNL is just, I mean, it's the dream job and it also has all this stuff that I'm talking about. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? um, and you know, it's still like, I mean, everyone in the cast was, it was really an ensemble. I mean, the cast obviously rolls over and there's, different people, you know, I was there with like Will Ferrell and Molly Shannon at the beginning and then yeah. the end is, you know, Andy Samberg and Kristen Wiig, like it's, people are coming up, but there is a feeling of camaraderie and there is a feeling of um, like really, like, I don't like writing by myself, so, you know, you have these people that you click with and write with and so, so all that is the good positive part. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, if you go through, you know, you can, you can kind of feel like you might get shit canned any week so yeah, yeah. um so that's a kind of the scary part <laughs> that play i mean i've always heard because i mean i've known so many people who have worked there and i know for a while because the conan show started in 93 and that's we were you know we're basically on the same campus as them and it seemed to be a really tough place for women at that time and well, no, see, it was actually, I mean, and, and was it that for not you? Not when I was there. I've, yeah. I've heard, like, not to take away anyone, because I've heard that from the past, yeah. and I think was, that was probably true. I, well, and it was also, the cast at the time was dominated by male stand-ups, not well, even, right like, before. actors, you know right. what I mean? And stand-ups don't necessarily play well with others. Right. So it was like it seemed to be kind of a very male, me and me only kind of atmosphere yeah but that was all before i i was there in like a much more evolved yeah, time yeah. i think yeah and what so do you, i never what, felt that what do you think way. why do you think that is it just like a natural uh, evolution just, do you think there was a point i don't know maybe it was just like the guys we had or something or like yeah. you said you know um maybe they started to bring in more women like maybe it started i mean right now like the women are so strong on the show i mean they have been for many years but Absolutely. i just mean like you don't differentiate, you know, now when you see us, you know, like, oh, the women or the men. Who's, right. Because it's just a, such a good mix, well, I think. But I, well, and I do think that, too, that was, that was you and Tina and Amy Poehler, you know, I think really just being as strong as you all were, you know, probably. Well, thank you. Probably, no, I, I think, I, no, I mean, it's like, it's like there was just an undeniable talent that, that sort of like. Well, not to like detoot my own horn, but then before me, <laughs> before me was Molly Shannon and Sherry O'Terry and Anna Gastar. Before I got in there, like they're I terrible. They were all they're super awful. strong. I mean, no talent. But bump. I just maybe I think you know with that new thing when there was like Will and Sherry and that that whole crew. I don't know. It's just, it just felt very even playing yeah. field. I thought it wasn't. Well, like, I, I yeah. also think too they were they were all sketch performers, right? That's as true. opposed to stand-ups. Yeah, yeah. And there were years where that show was mostly stand-up comedians with like a Phil Hartman thrown in, you know, um, which I just don't think is, it's not conducive to, you know, the, well, the kind of sketch comedy that I like at right, least. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so what, and what, I mean, as you go through there, how do you, how do you know how long you're going to stay? How do you, how long, how do you um, like sort of navigate like, well, the contract, I think, now is seven years. Yeah. And then some people stay beyond that. Yeah. And um, that's a whole thing. 
What, what no, does that mean? No, like I, I will. Were you whatever. there seven years? I was there seven years. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And then was it your decision, or well, if I may it's ask? It's a little muddy, but I don't want like. I don't mean like I don't want to go here because it's like this big scandal thing. It's just like, if if I bring this up, then it's gonna get quoted on every internet thing, and then it's gonna like revive. I see. You know what I mean? But it's not really not a big deal. Right. Right. <laughs> But you were so you were ready to go do something else. Let's just say I was ready to go and leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, know, I, could, I, could, I don't know if this is gonna be like boring or fun or what, or it'll be on every internet thing. But um, no. So I was. <laughs> this is the it, whole thirty. Right now, it's all. sounding pretty interesting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, so you know the whole thirty rock thing, which I just like. So it's just like a oh, dead right, horse right, to me because right. I was on Thirty Rock. And, and then, then but then I wasn't. But then when we said like, oh, what if I went back to SNL? Like that was the year that they were like not letting people stay beyond the seven years. Oh, I see. So like me and um, Chris Parnell and Horatio <laughs> were all gently guided. Oh really? <laughs> out the door. No, but, <laughs> <laughs> but but like I just don't want <laughs> to be like revive. I understand. So anyone, all anyone on the internet, listen to this. <laughs> Please don't make this yeah. a bullet point <laughs> in some sort of magazine right now, because I don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah. But no, that's what. But it wasn't like whatever. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, now. So. But I mean, when after that, because you 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 had a part in Thirty Rock that then became Jane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Krakowski's, because, yeah. and then you did. Then I did little parts. Yeah, little yeah, parts and yeah. through there. Yeah. How was that? I mean, how, how did that part had that but part of your life feel? Ooh. Well, okay. There's two answers to this. One is like we got having, time. having been having been like in the biz as yeah. we are. I really didn't. I didn't have any you know bad emotions about the part changing because. I totally saw why that was happening, and yeah. I was excited about doing the little parts. So I didn't feel any like what, uh, like I didn't feel this crushing blow about that. But the part that sucked was that it was like blown up into this big thing, and it like would not die. So like right. my my leaving SNL was just accompanied by all these like store, you know, it was just this, like I I was just a player on SNL, but then suddenly I was like in all these. Stories and yeah. it just left this she like yuck. She was supposed yuck. to be exactly, and then she yeah, wasn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah. then I got then the the parts that were coming my way were like you know <laughs> just not very flattering parts yeah. after that, and I went through like many years of that, but then it then that went away, and now I play regular people, <laughs> <laughs> and so this is why I'm reluctant to talk about this <laughs> because I don't want to revive that story around myself. Well, but, you that, know, that's but what whatever. I'm here it was years for, ago. Though. I know. <laughs> it really? But that was like ten years ago. Wait, no, more than ten. Jeez, that was like uh, uh, 2006. Oh my God, that was like 14 years ago. Wow. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's yeah. Time it's keeps racing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um yeah. And then after so then after um all that happened, then I like I nothing was really happening after SNL. Like you know you think. After SNL, like then I'm gonna be a movie star, but it just that didn't happen. And um, so then I started uh, like, well, what am I? So then I started doing things that I didn't have time to do when I was the busy actor. So I did all these random things, and then I started writing these little story, not stories. I started 
you know, as an exercise. What do you mean random things? Like well, like I was like, I'm going to do yoga three times a week and take Spanish class, like that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then like, there wasn't a lot of work coming my way and then I decided to um, try to write, you know, if something funny happened to me or humiliating, I would write it as a little essay. And then I had this little stack of um, essays and then I brought, there was a lit agent at my agency and um, so, she liked them, but she's okay, where's this gonna go? Like, what's the arc of this? And I didn't really know. So then they just sat on a shelf for like a year. And I was doing, you know, little parts here and there. And then, um, then I got surprised pregnant. And then I was like, oh, this is the end of the book. And so, <laughs> so then, so then I Surprise pregnant wrote, is I the best kind the of book, pregnant, it really is. Book, and then also had a baby, and now I have a nine-year-old son. Yeah, and so nine-year-old yeah, son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's all in the book. And um, then, and then everything started to pick up again. Right. And also, I was like really into being this. You know, I was like, I had my son when I was forty-four, and um, so I was just like, oh my god, like, because I I wanted kids, but I wasn't I wasn't gonna have a kid on my own. Just I mean, now knowing what I know, I would say like, go for it, you know. But about how much I like being a mom, but but I wasn't that type, whatever. I was like, I'm not gonna just go have a baby on my own. So I was sort of wrapping my head around, you know, not having kids and just ex accepting that, I guess. And um, so then, now I had this baby and I was like really into being a mom because I, I kind of liked that I wasn't working, you know, 12 hours a day on a show. And I, right. So, so it, my, everything just flipped. And um, yeah, and that, I really enjoyed that part of life and then everything. Yeah, and then slowly the career sort of started to flow back to yeah, so. Yeah. And now I have it all. <laughs> <laughs> now she's at Sketchfest. <laughs> no, but for yeah. real though, like everything. Flipped. I mean, you know, I think when you're younger, whatever, not to get all. Well, this is the point of the show, I guess. Yeah. What have I learned? But what I've learned is, like, I think when you're younger, you know. I used to, and I think a lot of us. I've heard a lot of my comedian friends saying this. Like, we wanted to, you know, make it. And, Improvise every night. Like I mean, I would go watch improv like all the time, perform it all the time. Yeah. That was the priority. It was such a high, and it was it was just so fun to be with all those people and everything. And um, and then like you know you want to make it in the biz and earn a living off it. And, and and then but but now that you know I like SNL was my dream job and everything. I feel like I had this big you know check for myself um, yeah. of how fun that was. And um and anything beyond that is also really fun too. Like I still love doing comedy, but um, just having time to do the other things in life. Like I'm, I'm not as, you know, whatever, lack of a better word, like hungry to be in my own series and da -da -da. like yeah. that doesn't matter as much to me anymore. I yeah, guess no, I I, yeah, I think, well, and also, you know, nothing like having a kid to take your mind off yourself. That's true. You know, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's one of the, it's one of the sort of like, I mean, it's a beautiful thing about having a kid is that you're caring for somebody else, but it also is like, whoo! I can stop caring about this fucker right here. <laughs> yeah, let's like, put yeah, all yeah. our hopes on the next generation yeah, yeah. instead, yeah. Yeah, yeah. my, uh, my ex-sister-in-law said uh, when she had a kid, this is great, I've said it on here before, she said like, when you have a, when you have a kid, it's really evident who the baby is. Like, yeah, like it's not, it's, you're not the baby anymore. So it's like, you really got to take yeah. care of this kid. Yeah. yeah. And uh, what's your boy's name? Eli. Eli? Yeah. And what's he like? 
Um, he's <laughs> There's another Eli yeah, in the audience, apparently. Oh, so that's so funny. So I wanted to give my kid a name that there wouldn't be like three Elis in class, you know? Yeah. But right when I named him Eli, like everyone named their kid Eli. So there are three Elis. But um, <laughs> um, no, he's, he's fun. He's definitely funny. And um, he says he wants to be an actor, but I have not encouraged him. I know, I'm like... <laughs> uh, no, I know. I mean, this as a, like, I don't want like, a kid actor. But, um, but no, he's, he is really funny. Yeah. And uh, he's fun. He's very positive fun. Yeah, yeah. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Yeah, the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Can't you tell my loves are growing? Well, um, j- I mean, it, I guess we'll go to the uh, where are you going portion of this. Oh. I mean... Um, I didn't know that was part of it. Yeah, yeah. Where are you That's going? That's the second question. Jeez. Um, okay, not to, like, punt on this question, but I've always been, you know, I don't have the plans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't, like... Here's what, okay, and, like, I want to have this done, this done, this done. Right. But, um... But, I mean, it could be, like... You know, a house by a lake. Oh, you know? okay. I'll take the house be, by the lake. It could then. be a motorhome. Put me down you know? for one of those. Okay. Um, it could be okay. a late onset well, astronaut. <laughs> late onset <laughs> astronaut. <laughs> um, where am I? Okay. Well, um, well, I mean, this is like a career answer. I'm starting. I have a few like writing things happening. Uh huh. But that's a career answer. Um. So what are are they books? Are they screenplays? Well, I don't know if they're well. One's a screenplay and one's a, a series. Yeah. I don't know if they'll happen. Like they're supposed to happen, but you never know. So. Oh, oh they're a, already yeah. Well, yeah. they're yeah. One's a kids animated series. Yeah. And I'll leave it at that. Okay. And uh, the other is a, a movie. Yeah. Potentially writing. And they're all work. They're in the works. They're in or, the works. Yeah, yeah. But well, you good. still never know. Oh, you so never know. So that's why. Um and. 
Jeez. Oh, you know what? I would. I, I love doing theater, um, but I don't like like when you have a kid. It's just the schedule is super demanding. So once he's a little older, I do want to do Broadway sometime. But I don't sing, sing. So it would just be like a comedy, <laughs> or like the person that can't doesn't really have to sing. Um, and I don't know. Like I'm. I just. I'm trying to just like. I know this sounds super cheese ball but just like be in the moment because I don't know like I have a little kid and I'd like to spend a lot of time with him and you know enjoy the little kid years yeah yeah so I haven't really thought of like down what the road. yeah yeah down the road do you have a good answer for that what no I asked the question no I mean I know well I mean it, for me I you know like I uh, I'm going through a divorce, so it's like it's that my I sort of feel like I ripped my life down to the studs, and I'm kind of like rebuilding. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I have, yeah. I mean, as much as I have plans and stuff, I realize like, oh no, I'm just right. you know, yeah. I had because uh, one of the weird, you know, one of the weird things when like one of the weird things that I think that like a company's disappointment is it's not the loss of like what's in the present or what was in the past it's the loss of a future that you had that you had thought of you know and and yeah, i was married for 25 years and there was a future that i had pictured forever that doesn't exist anymore and that's the, that's where i really feel like you know about this particular question, where am I going? Like, I don't have a fucking clue. I mean, I'm still on the Conan show, and that's about it, you know? Right. <laughs> I got kids, I got two kids, and that's about right. it. Right. I mean, beyond that, thank you. I, 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 uh, but beyond, you know, beyond that, I, you know, it's, it's, it's really hard to know. And I've always, I mean, I've always been struck by people who knew what the hell they wanted out of life, you know? I, have you ever, were you, the, are you that kind of person that you know? Or? No, I was more just, well, I mean, you know, there were, when I was little, I was, you know, good student and like, I guess I would call myself like an achiever when I was younger. Yeah. But now, like when you're an actor, then you have all this free time a lot. And then you have to, at first that really freaked me out. Like, oh, wow. And, but now I'm just like, okay, this is fine. Like, it's, it's like, it's turned me a little lazy. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's hard to have a totally unstructured day. I don't mean like it's hard. I know if you're going to work, you're like, that sounds awesome. But, <laughs> but what, I mean is, what I mean is to keep yourself from just like frittering away your time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, if you, like, if you, yeah, anyway, okay, whatever. That sounded really obnoxious, but, um, <laughs> Well, but, but do you think? Do you think it's that a sporadic that... schedule, and you have to have your brain adjust to that? Yeah, is yeah. What I'm trying to say, yeah. But if, but if, personality-wise, do you think that are you somebody that needs a, coll a collaboration, and is that what drew you to improv as opposed to yeah, other yeah, kinds of like, things? Yeah, I like a collaboration. Yeah, but yeah. But then lately, like a few things, you know, to think of an idea to do something that just has to be you and your own. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I don't know, but yeah, I like I like collaborating. Better, yeah. Yeah, I, I That's for me. I always have been. I, I the notion. That's why I like. I've never really. I've done stand up, but I don't like stand up. And I just came to the conclusion I don't like to be on stage by myself. No, I don't either. It's not. It's not it that much fun. Fear and paralysis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and it's always because for me also too improv. 
I don't know if it was the same for you. It's like the show was sort of beside the point. It was the hanging out with yeah. the funny people. Yeah. And in Chicago, a lot of times, you know, you'd show up at a show and it'd be like the boilers out, you know, and which just means it's 40 degrees in the, in the venue and you can't do a show. And then it was like, well, we're all together. Let's just go out and drink and be funny, you know, and, and not, not have to waste it on an audience or anything. So, um, well, I, um, I, I am going to open this up since it's questions to the audience. If you guys have any questions for us, there's a microphone right there. Uh, if anybody wants to come up and, and ask us a question, nobody. Well, that's a bummer. Um, go, uh, go ahead. I, yeah, if you want to just go up and wait and, and ask a question or... Um, first of all, thank you so much. I really respect both of you. Oh, thank you. And I just want to ask, what would you say to your, uh, I guess, what would you say to your 16-year-old self? Sixteen-year-old um, self. First thing I would say is like, just try a little harder to learn to like cardio. <laughs> just try a little harder. Cause it's it's I'm fucked. I'm goddamn machines. I can't do it. How about you? Oh well, I mean I've got. I've, uh, um, you've stumped me with that question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I tell you, one thing that I, um, I would not, I would tell myself to not waste so much time being afraid of just, I don't know what even, you know, like, like I was always a kid that kind of was, like I was a smart ass, but I was always terrified of getting in trouble. And, and I, and I think too that, you know, as I went through you know, whether it was like relationships and dating or whether it was decisions to be made about where to go to school or what to do. Spent so much time being scared of, like, and of what? I don't, you know, I mean, I was well-fed and had a nice place to live and, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't know what, what the issue there was, you know? Um, and, uh, and yeah, and I think also too, like, uh, don't be afraid to say no. Like, it, as I've gotten older, uh, saying no, it's like, no, I've, I've always noticed in kids, no is like the first step of autonomy. Like, it, kid, it's kids, little kids' favorite word is no. And it's just because, you know, when a baby's born, they don't even think of themselves as separate from their mother. You know, they think of themselves as the same. So it's one of the first steps towards autonomy is like, no, I'm not going to go to bed. And, and I think that, like, especially in career situations, I, have, I used to be like, well, all right, I, yeah, okay. I, and after a while, I was like, no, just, you just say no. And, and if you don't feel right about something, I mean, not to be a dick about something, but, like, if you really don't want to do something or it doesn't fit you or it doesn't feel right, you know, don't be afraid to say no. So... I also just thought, like, I just thought of a few teachers that, like, if I had listened to them, then I would have just 
backed off the whole theater thing, (laughs) you know? So I can think of, like, if a teacher seems like, you know, a hard-ass, maybe crazy person, then you don't have to listen to what they say (laughs) as truthful. You know, I think when you're a kid or even in college or whatever, in your 20s, like, you take that person as, like, their word is authority and they're they're right because they're the teacher, but... If you have that sense that something's off about them, yeah, yeah, yeah. then like listen to your gut, I yeah, would say yeah. on that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Another question. I just had a quick question. I mean, Rachel, we love all the characters that you played and everything. Can you describe the process a little bit? Like um, like when you guys came up with the lovers in SNL oh, yeah. and working with Will Ferrell yeah. and just kind of the back and forth that you guys... Sure. Okay, so the lovers actually came from... Um, this um, professor at college. Because <laughs> um, the lover, those two professors, like they were professors. And so a friend of mine was taking um, a course and the, this English professor, I didn't even have this woman as a professor, but she told my friend, like my friend was going off to winter break and she, she said, what are you doing for a break? And my friend said, oh, nothing, I'm just laying low. And she's like, that's, that's good. Just um, read a book, take a bath, eat a bonbon, spend time with your lover. <laughs> and so that became this like big quote with me and my friend. And so we would always say lover to each other. And that was way back, you know, when I was 21 or something. And so like lover kept batting around. And then like Adam McKay heard me saying it once. And he put it into a scene. And then Will Ferrell and I went off and wrote those guys as, um, as a whole scene, just because of that one little comment, so, <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. So, uh, this question is about the movie you did, uh, Wine Country. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so um, I heard that that was kind of based on a true thing that you did do this trip, yeah. but that in reality, your trip was in Sonoma, not Napa, right. and then you changed. Oh, right, because I'm in, I'm in the country, right? I'm in the Napa, Sonoma country right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You better represent. I know. And I was wondering if you changed it to Napa just because you thought nationally that was more recognized. No, I think it was just like the shooting locations and yeah. Because Sonoma's got some nice shooting locations. Oh, I love Sonoma. I love Sonoma. I love Sonoma. This guy has an axe to grind. I love it. He's not even a fan of either one of us. If you own a winery, I will show up and ask for free wine. But that was so the locations was basically yeah. The thing. So the, okay, so the real story. <laughs> so the so I I I love um, wine country and um so the real story is we did go on a trip for my fiftieth. Those ladies and um, we went to Sonoma and uh, then while we were on that trip, I don't know if it was Amy Poehler or Emily Spivey who wrote it. One of those two had the idea like we should do this as a movie. So then they actually went off and wrote it. But I do think it was because like, I had nothing to do with the production. So I mean, if I had made it, it would have been in Sonoma. But um, <laughs> no, no, but I had nothing to do with the production. So I think you know when they go off and scout locations and all that, it has to do with stuff like I know nothing about. But yeah. But next, Wine Country 2 will be in Sonoma. Yeah. Which the names of the wineries you went to? Oh yeah. So um, let's see. Oh, for the movie, we went to Artessa. That was no, I'm talking about on your actual oh, trip. Oh, real, real trip we went to, um, oh my gosh. Oh, I'm going to forget it. Oh, but, oh. Oh my God, it's like on the tip of my, lo, oh. I'm going to remember it by the end. Because we had an amazing time and there was a, one of the um, servers there was an opera singer. Only we didn't know it. And so he busted out and sang happy birthday in an opera. Oh my God, what's this place called? I'm going to remember. What? No. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yes. 
When did you first realize you were funny? Ooh. Um, today. Today. Um, well, like I said, I was super shy. And I don't know, maybe, maybe in like seventh grade, I had this English teacher named Miss Westcott, and she was funny. And so like, I, that's when I started like chiming in little like comments from the back. And I don't know, maybe, maybe around then, maybe around seventh grade. But then like even doing plays, like when I was interested in theater, I just was not good at drama. Like I wasn't good at these serious scenes. But then when it was a comedy scene, I felt like, oh, I know how to make this thing funny. And I, even now, like I love, you know, getting a script and um, more for theater even like when you're in front of an audience and you realize doing the show night after night, like, oh, it's so weird. Like if I turn my head like this, it gets a huge laugh. And if I don't do that, like, just all those little machinations, I love figuring all that stuff out. Yeah. Do you think, uh, uh, do you think that, like, are, are you good in life with, like... Oh, like in real life yeah, funny? Like, like, yeah, like, no. if you're making a choice on... <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I mean, on, like, on stage, when you say, like, you're not good with drama, yeah. you're better with comedy... In real life, are you afraid of serious things? Do you, are no, you a non-confrontational, no. can't, you know, kind of... Um, well, I don't, like, I mean, I, I don't, that's a good question. But no, I, I mean, I, I feel like I'm a real person. Like, I don't feel like I'm, you know, avoiding emotions in yeah, real life. Yeah. But I don't think I'm the best person to portray that. Like, you know, oh, I, So it's just a, perfor- yeah. It's, it's more, just, yeah, it's yeah. more performing. Like, I'm not the person to be like, like, you know, my house. It, well, like, whatever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I find it hard to cry on cue and all that stuff. Right. So that's what, and, I, and plus that's, it's much more joyful that's, Honestly, to me. finding it hard to cry on cue is probably really healthy. You know, because like, like, you know what I mean? Like being able to cry on, the only yeah. person that I ever knew who really could cry on cue really well was my cousin Amy and she did it, just usually did not get busted for weed. Oh. Uh, <laughs> And, and, and it, she was amazing at it. And then we would say to her, like, cry. And she would just go, and tears would just start flowing down. And I, it always unnerved me. I felt like that can't be healthy. That can't be good for your mental health. So here we go. N- next question. I'm trying to think of that vineyard still. It's driving me crazy. Ernest and Julio Gallo. <laughs> that was it. Manischewitz. Manischewitz Wineries. Um. Rachel, when you were talking about like the negative reinforcement you felt at Second City and you were kind of at this crossroads between therapist and performing, how did you encourage yourself to keep creating even when it felt like it wasn't paying off? Well, it wasn't like, I mean, there was enough paying off that it wasn't like, oh, like, you know, fail. It was just more like, um, um, hmm, that's a good question. I mean, it's just sort of like, do you want to, how much do you love doing this? Do you want to keep doing it? Because, like, if it started to feel uh, not fun, then I probably would have stopped. But it was still fun. Like, even when, you know, you get little, like, rejections along the way. I mean, even now, like, aud- auditioning, you know, you can audition for, like, 20 things and then get the next. Like, you're used to not getting parts by now. So it's more just, like, is it still fun and do I, am I still enjoying this? Because if I wasn't, then, uh, then I might have gone the other direction, I guess, yeah. And it's better than working. <laughs> really better than having You have three days to sit around and think of what you're going to do. <laughs> hey, 
it was going on, guys. Guys, um, thanks doing a podcast for doing this. <laughs> oh, podcasting. Good to see you. Podding. Uh, uh, Rachel, I just wanted to ask you what your favorite character was you ever did up there, out um, over your career. So, I mean, like on SNL, um, there's sort of stages because. I was there seven years, so we, any character that's getting on, like, that's your favorite at the moment. But, um, so when I first got on, the, the first characters I got on was the Boston thing. Um, and then I loved doing the lovers in the hot tub, because I mean, what I loved about that, too, was, like, at SNL, you're, like, you know, open on a hot tub, and, like, there's a hot tub, <laughs> a real functioning hot tub on, like, live TV. That was just, like, weird. But, <laughs> but no, I think... You know, my favorite was probably the Debbie Downer where we all started laughing. I mean, that's the one people come up to Was that the first one? That was the first one. That was the first one, Disney World. And, um, you know, I don't even know why I started laughing. I I got flubbed a word, and then, I don't know, but um, it just just makes me laugh. (laughs) You would try not to laugh on that show because it was sort of a cheap way of getting the audience on your side. Like, like, I remember before I was ever on the show and they would break, I mean, I would love seeing them break on the show, but it, but it's not something you want to do on repeat there, you know? So I'd really try not to laugh, but um, that one was just so out of control. And I also love one, because people would say like, you know, is that show really live? And, you know, like, I love when things go wrong on the show. I'm making a quote mark for you listeners. Um, no, when things go a little off on the show, um, it, it reminds you, like, this is really live, and we can't go back and do this again, you know. So um, that was probably my favorite moment, even though it was kind of, you know, unprofessional, I guess. But yeah. It's a really, it's, I mean, if you haven't seen it, I actually just saw it, uh, like, a month ago, and it's pretty goddamn hilarious. <laughs> that first Debbie Downer sketch was so good. Was that, now, who, who said, you're Debbie Downer? Was that your... Yeah, was Debbie so, Downer your idea? So Debbie Downer was my idea that I I had this. Well, I don't even know if we have time to talk about how I thought of it. But anyways, I well, thought of no, this character. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay, so I was on this trip, and I was in Costa Rica on this trip, and there were these must be nice. <laughs> there were these, there were these exactly, and there are these like communal tables, and um, so someone we were just like chatting, and someone's like, "Where are you from?" And I said, "New York." And then someone was like, were you there for 9-11? And, uh, <laughs> and like, here you're like, I was on vacation. Like, and, um, and like everyone, so the conversation sort of went to a little bit of a halt and then we had to like, get it back going again. By the way, like 9-11 had been three years earlier too. So then like, but I didn't think of it then. Then like a week later, for some reason, that popped into my head as a character named Debbie Downer. <laughs> And then I went to Paula Pell, who's a writer on the show, who's amazing. And, um, and so we wrote that together. And um, at first we were trying to set it in an office and we, it wasn't flowing, like we couldn't get it working. And then I think Paula thought of, you know, this should be somewhere really happy where everyone's having fun. And so then we thought of Disney World. And then when, as we were writing it, you know, we'd think up a downer line, and then one of us, I forget, would go like, wah, wah, just like us. And so then we're like, what if we put that in the script? So then the first time at the read-through table, like, we, we had the music guy um, set up these cues so that every time we did it, there was this giant trombone thing. And um, So anyway, that's how we thought of that. But Paula was definitely uh, whatever. In, what's the word I'm looking for? Paula was definitely... The driving force? Yeah, she was definitely part of that uh, creation, yeah. Did, um, 
is uh, is your Debbie Downer in you? Do you are you an anxious person? I, with, well, like, I have sees? Debbie Downer within me. Like yeah. at any party, I could be like, you know, like if someone's like, oh, it's so nice out today. I'm like, that's because of climate change. <laughs> but I but I withhold it. But I have like ten thousand of those a day. But I don't say them. So Debbie Downer is my way of like saying them all. <laughs> So my mom actually went to high school with you, so like I'm such a big me or thing. Andy? Um, you. you. Oh really? Yeah. Her name's Tracy Shoe. Tracy Shoe. I know Tracy Shoe. Really? Yes. Oh my gosh, so, That's your mom. So happy. Yes, That's my mom. so funny. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. I've been like the biggest fan girl since forever. Oh my god. But gosh. I guess um, is there like an eclectic moment in high school that kind of have like transcend into your like different sketch comedies? Or, like, Ooh. Well, okay. So I mean, high school like a lot of those Sully and Denise Boston yeah. scenes were based yeah. on high school. So like we would like, I mean, there was like the high school, whatever, wood shop and the prom and we, we'd always throw in real teacher names. I don't know if your mom, whatever, tell your mom to listen to the teacher names because they're all from our high school. Um, or maybe they're from our junior high, but anyway, yeah. And like, you know, the house party, we would like list all these people we went to high school with. And so there's all these little references in there, but that was definitely based on high school. Yeah. Awesome, well, thank you. Tell Tracy I say hi. <laughs> hi, so my mom didn't go to high school with you. She went to high school in communist China, super fun. Um, there she goes again. Um, I love to know how, like, what goes on in your head, like, before you go on stage for a show, like, what like, do you think of to, like, motivate you? What excites you? Like, what, like, pumps you up before a show? You mean, like, an improv show or, like, yeah, a show like show? Yeah, like, improv um, or sketch or, like, Well, for, for improv, okay, so I used, to, I mean, maybe you feel the same. Like, I used to improvise all the time, and I would just be like, yeah, I got this. But now, like, I do it maybe once a year or something. So, you know, improv is all about conquering the fear. And I got to say, like, the fear kind of never goes away. Like, if you... I mean, but I'm not like, you know, having <laughs> dry heaves backstage. But I mean, I, I'm sort of just like, uh, it gives me a nervous feeling to perform. And sometimes I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? It's torture, you know? But the thing that I love about it is, you know, you're with other people and you know that they all have your back most of the time. You know what I mean? Like, unless the whole thing goes off the rails. But um, yeah, so I don't know. I feel like when you've been doing this long, you don't get as scared anymore. No, not as scared. But definitely for improv, I know, because I'm the same way. I rarely do improv. And, I mean, it, I, it had been a number of years. I, I, long, there's long-form improv games that have a monologist and then people do scene work. And I, for a long time, did the monologues. And I can stand up in front of a group of people and, and blab as me now very easily. But doing improv scene work is nerve-wracking. It's just terrifying at this point. And it was the same way. I, used, I was doing it six nights a week, and you, like your brain is like a muscle. It just, it, you don't have, you're like, okay, yeah, let's do another hour and a half show. Um, but if you don't do that, I just, like I've always said, like when people will say, do you want to come and do this improv show? And I'm like, why would I leave the house to be nervous? <laughs> I can stay home and be nervous, you know? Um, but it's but it. Def I recently had to do. There was a uh, fundraiser at the UCB Theater in LA, and the idea was is that you, rather than having monologues, people would sing a song, and then you'd improvise based on the song. 
And it was kind of, a, and like Amy Poehler came back to do it, and, and it was most of the original UCB people were there. And it was literally 30 seconds before I got on. I thought I was just going to sing a song. And then everyone would improvise around it. I realized, like, oh, no, we're all singing and improvising. And it was literally 30 seconds. And I hadn't improvised in, like, four or five years, probably. And luckily, it was only 30 seconds before, so I couldn't either, I couldn't get nervous, like, all right, fuck it, I just got to do it. And then we did a two-hour improv show. And the thing that struck me after, I, cause, and I did fine. It was a fun show and good. And at, at the end of it, I was like, nope, I don't need to do that again for another five years. <laughs> That was enough of that, you know. I mean, I guess I got my fill when I was young, you know. So, so well, thank you. Thank you. Thanks. How many more people we got in line? We got. Okay, that's good. Yeah, let's. We'll stop it there after this. Also, I remembered the vineyard. Oh, good. L Lindor? Save it for the end. Oh shit! You just. <laughs> that would have been Lin the big button oh, shoot. on the end. Pretend Lin okay. What was it? Linmar Linmar Estates. No. Linmar Estates. Is that people are nodding. Bell? Okay. There's a place. Thanks for your enthusiasm. Yeah. We had fun. We had a good time there. Yeah. Linmar Estates. It sounds a little bit like a trailer park. <laughs> no, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's a beautiful like setting. Like Lin Linda and Linmar, Mark, they, Lin they started a Lin trailer something. park called Lin Mark Estates. Linwood, Linmar, I don't know. It, it, was, it was beautiful. Okay, hi. Hi. Hey. Um, so you talked a little bit about working at a mental health facility when you were like earlier in your yeah. career. And I wanted to hear more about like, quote unquote, survival jobs that you had that you felt like helped you be creative and write and do improv on top of like making money to survive financially because obviously you don't get paid when you do comedy for right. a very long time. Right. Yeah. So, okay. So, I mean, I did, I did a lot of temping and then... Um, yeah, but waitressing, I just wasn't good at, as I mentioned. But, but what I always tell people that ask me this question is, is to, I mean, when you're trying to do this, don't get a, like, a real job, what you would call, a, what I mean is like a career type of job. Um, because then if you're, if you're somewhere where you have to be there, like nine to five kind of thing, then um, I feel like those people, like, they weren't quite as available and then they weren't quite as sort of, I don't know, desperate or whatever it might be. Um, they kind of, were the ones who like veered off and quit sort of because they had you know more of a career focused job so anything that you could be more flexible I would say to do that if you're really serious trying to you know make it the comedy thing yeah thank you what would you say um I would well I would say definitely like there's a lot of I mean I went to film school and I and I know people in the film business who have just done the film business and they don't know it's why there's so many movies about movies is because they don't know anything else <laughs> so when you work a shitty job where you have to do what you're told by somebody that is beneath contempt that's a learning experience that you can bring to your work you know i mean it's out at, it's out in the shitty jobs that you <laughs> the, the, where the material is. It's not, it's not, you know, an improv class or it's not, I mean, it's even, well, I mean, you know, and even in comedy, like in comedy clubs, like there's a lot of comedy about comedy and it's, I don't, it's not my favorite thing, you know, so, sure, go ahead. 
Um, yeah, I was wondering, like, uh, in your time in comedy, whether it be improv in Chicago or, like, doing SNL or doing Conan, was there, like, any, like, weird, like, pre-show ritual that you guys had or something, like, maybe a mantra or something like that that you would say before you go on stage or before you, you know, do a show? Jeez, I wish I had some, you know, professional ritual thing, but but no. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, I think when you're starting out, you did a lot of like zip, zap, zop, and energy circle, and, like yeah, there are games that fall yeah. trust circles and all that, and which is probably very admirable and what we should be doing now. But now you're just like, what? It's time. Let me get on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> no, I I did. Yeah. Early on, there were like games that you were supposed to do, and, well, and the answer physical warm-ups. Remember, yeah. Like, yeah. Like physical and vocal warm-ups. Right, and you like, just that's what you're supposed idea, to do. Right? That's what yeah, you yeah. learn theater school-wise. Right. But. And I have been, like, going back to do improv, I have done improv with groups that I was, like, kind of had been affiliated with, where and it's people kind of my age or similar, and they actually do all that shit, and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing there? <laughs> Shouldn't we, can't we just have a drink and talk before we go out there? Uh, but no, I don't, and, it, you know, and after a while, too, you do something so much like it the ritual isn't necessary <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, sure. you know it's it's you know i mean i don't mean to i don't mean this to sound it's clocking in you know what i mean it's, it's it's your work and so you're going to work so yeah so thanks thank you, thank thank you. you. And we got two more questions Hi. So somebody already asked my question, but I still wanted to talk to you guys. Um, and I, I had a question for Andy, actually, because Rachel answered what was your favorite role or whatever. But Andy, I've followed you for a very long time, starting with Cabin Boy. And so I wondered, like, what's been your favorite role? And then also, for Rachel, um, I love Billy on the Street, and I wondered, um, is that obstacle course, did you really end up in the water and it looked really cold? So if you could talk what? a little bit about work, working with Billy. So sorry that it's a two-part question. Oh, that's all right. I like both of you, so. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, the Billy on the Street, those obstacle courses are real, and like they, didn't, um, they wouldn't show me it beforehand, so when I'm running through, like I'm really seeing everything for the first time, so which, which I love about it. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like I didn't know that, you know, crawling through the breeze, it was gonna be all slimy and, like, it, and it was really cold yes. slime and yes. like yeah so that was super fun yes. and then oh my gosh I did one the last one I did I had to actually swing across this thing on a that was kind of scary like it looked really easy but it was scary but anyway I love Billy on the street so much um, I also couldn't name 20 white people once too so I saw that one and like you think you're watching you're like why can't you be like you're up there and you're like because like, I saw him tell someone like name a woman, and this person couldn't name a woman. I kind of get it because like yeah, he's yeah. so in your face, your brain so just freezes. Yeah, yeah. It's actually yeah. that that is kind of a dirty trick that yeah. bit, you know, like you know, like you know, like name five mothers, you know, and it's like ah, you know, yeah. Uh, and for me, my favorite. Um, well, I, I loved you on Strangers with Candy. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that show was just the best. the best. Yeah, yeah. That show changed my life. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm sure your parents are very happy about that. Uh, they're very proud. Yeah, yeah. I, I taped it on my VCR and brought it home for them to watch. Once. Oh, really? Yeah, because I was in college. Yeah, a boozer, a user, and a, and a loser. loser. I have a sweatshirt yeah. that says that. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, that was really fun, yeah. and it was funny because my 
my ex-wife yeah. was on that show. Yeah. She played she Coach Wolf on that show. Yeah, yeah, and she was pregnant yeah, with my yeah. our first kid during Are you that. Which about how much I, know? I love. No, that's all right. <laughs> which she yeah. was pregnant with our first child, yeah. and she was kind of supposed to be the lesbian coach. And then they just the had fake one marriage was the yeah one season she was pregnant and they just didn't yeah. even really talk about yes. it. Uh, but um, I liked I did a show called Andy Barker PI again. Thank one of you. my I actually have a screener of that that oh, one, you of do? My, one of my connected friends gave me at the time. And yeah, yeah. So no, that that was a that was a that was a. Uh, I really uh, that that I'm show not is in your bushes, no. That's all right. That's all right. Oh no, it's nice. I um, that show was that show was uh, a perfect example of something that uh, of a of a good product oh, that was, was so squandered. Yeah, it was. Um, it was good. And it was and it was it was basically the long and short of it is that after the pilot was made, um, the the person in charge decided not to pick it up yeah. and then somebody above him was told hey this show is created by the guy that's going to host the tonight show maybe right. we should give him a few episodes right. and so they gave it a few episodes but it but it always ended up being on the person that had initially said sure. no as to whether it went through so it was sort of like i think this guy was like okay sure make your six episodes yeah. fuck you i said no <laughs> And that was just kind of, and it was a real shame because it was an amazing cast. It was a great cast. It was a really fun show, and I really enjoyed doing it. But thank you, thank you so much. All right, and here's our last question. No pressure. (laughs) Well, that was last question was a tough question to follow. Um, My question is, and I'm guessing that's obvious. The question, the answer might be a little obvious. um, But is there a moment in your past where you look back and go? We wouldn't be here tonight if it wasn't for that random occurrence or that one thing that happened to us. I mean, SNL, Conan, those might be the obvious answers, but I'm wondering if there's something, like an opportunity that you look back and go, you know, that was that door that opened that I wasn't expecting or a choice or decision that I made. I was there at that one specific time and at one day, and, and here we are today. Ooh, that's a, oh, that's do you want to go first? Um, it's a good question. That is a really Kudos. good question. Um, I mean, I can think of, but not like a moment, but more of a like a larger moment was just um, for me was Chicago as just moving to Chicago and all the people that I met, the both like the the actual individual people like lifelong friends who were also you know comedy like seeing these amazing, improvising with these super talented people every night, like learning a little bit from each improviser. Like I love just seeing people's different styles and just getting immersed in that. And then um, just, uh, yeah, like I just have such fond memories of Chicago. And then, then we all kind of launched out of Chicago but we still have this connection. Like, I mean, even being right here with Andy, yeah. like, like you meet someone that went through the same, you know, Chicago process. It's like you just have a shorthand with everyone, both like, you know, artistically and also just, you know, life experience. It's yeah. like you guys were it's very comfortable in a like a fraternity together, something like that fraternity. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess Chicago would be my biggest sort of large moment. Yeah, Chicago. What about you? Uh, for me, um, I think it would be uh, there was a a show that was in sh- that we did in Chicago at, at the Annoyance Theater that you were in, 
uh, the Real I Brady Bunch. And it was, uh, for those that don't know, it was just uh, Jill Soloway who did uh, Transparent and her sister Faith. Uh, they, were in, they were in Chicago at the time. Uh, Faith was a, a, a accompanist for Second City. Um, she played piano because the classic improv in sh the Chicago style had a piano player that was scoring, improvising scoring as it went on, which in my, nobody does that anymore. I know, you're just reminding me. That was so cool. Yeah, and there were only like three people in town that could do it. Four people, maybe. And like one of them wasn't that good, and when you'd get that person, you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, they did this, they had this idea to do this show, The Real Live Brady Bunch, which was just stagings of the Brady Bunch on stage with adult actors playing it as, as straight as they could. And this was, it, that was probably like in 1989 or something, 1990. And it, was, it became a huge thing. And also, when I heard that they were doing it, I thought it was the dumbest thing I ever heard. And I stood in the back of the theater to watch it, and I don't know that I've ever laughed harder at a live show as I did at that. It was really funny. It was really talented people doing it. And um, they, it got to be a big thing. It was like at the time there was this wave of 70s disco-y nostalgia. It got to be a thing. It was a cash cow for the theater. And they took it to New York to the Village Gate. And the guy that had, I'd just been doing bit parts in it at that point. Because everybody showed up because we got pizza and beer. So uh, like it, we did two shows on Tuesday nights. That was where we did them. And it, there was pizza and beer. So everybody came just for the food, basically, and also, and then you did, bit, you know, small bits in different shows. There was a game show that accompanied it to fill out the show, and when it went to New York, uh, the guy that was playing Mike Brady didn't want to go. He wanted to stay back and run the theater, and I just asked Jill. I said, hey, can I play Mike Brady? You know, I mean, I look so much like Robert Reed, and... Uh, <laughs> But they got me like a $14 wig and, and she was like, she was like, yeah, sure, come along. And from doing that in New York, I got an agent for, I mean, I played Mike Brady, which was Honey, I'm Home. I mean, the, the other people had the better roles, but I got an agent in New York from that. And when that, the Brady Bunch went from New York to LA and I had an agent affiliated with the New York agent. And so then I just started to, because when I was in Chicago, I think I went on one audition the entire time I was in Chicago. I just did improv, and I, so I, it wasn't until I got out of Chicago that I actually started to audition. So I think that, that just taking that on myself to say, hey, can I go to New York and do this show, I don't know that I would have been, I'd probably be right in advertising right now if that were the case. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I, it's interesting. I, it, I'm in my 50s now, and I look back, and I, I can think of one or two places in my life where exactly what you just said occurred. And I was wondering what it was your, in your life. So it was yeah. Chicago. For, I'm curious, when you moved to Chicago, um, Rachel, did you, when, did you like, was it an epiphany or did, was it something that you were planning? You said earlier, I think, that you said you were planning for and you made, you, it was like a, a quest. You went there to, 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 to go to Chicago. But um, what got you out of the house to, to actually get into the car to drive to Chicago? Well, so I went after um, 
I mean, I had graduated college, and then I did this children's theater tour thing, and then I was like, okay, I'm gonna go, you know, in the fall, move out with this friend. And it was, as I said, it was just kind of like, I wanted to know that I'd given it a shot, and I picked Chicago just because it was, the, back then, like, the comedy capital. Like, I wasn't gonna go to New York. Like, I wouldn't have known what to do in New York. I just, I'd seen these two theaters. I was like, I'm gonna go try to get into that theater. And um, when I got there, it was like, as I said, like so many people from all over the country, we were like 23, 24 year olds, had moved there to do the same thing. So then, once you hooked into that community, then you know I moved there knowing pretty much nobody, and then you had this like built-in social life too. So it was like while you were all learning about improv, you were also having fun, you know, just hanging too. So, um, but yeah, just to, and then I, I like I said, I just wanted to know I tried it. So that's what got me in the car. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, that's it. That's oh, our time. Okay. Thank you so much, Thank Rachel, you. for coming. Thank you. Uh, Thank are, are you, you. you want to plug any other, sketch, any other sketch oh, fest shows you're doing? Oh, well, tonight I'm doing Celebrity Autobiography, which is a super fun show. And um, this Trailer Park Improv Show, which is my yearly mishmash show with these people. We only play together this one night of the year. <laughs> this, we don't see each other throughout the year because we all live in different places. And that's Trailer Park Improv tonight. <laughs> Keeps um, it fresh. And then that's, yeah, that's it. Then yeah. I go back. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming. Thank you. And, and spilling your guts. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you all for coming and uh, supporting the podcast. I'm really enjoying doing it. And uh, we will be with you next time on the three questions. Thank you so much. The Three Questions with Andy Richter is a Team Coco and Earwolf production. It's produced by me, Kevin Bartelt, executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Chris Bannon and Colin Anderson at Earwolf. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, associate produced by Jen Samples and Golit Sahayek, and engineered by Will Beckton. And if you haven't already, make sure to rate and review The Three Questions with Andy Richter on Apple Podcasts. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.